Hello, everyone. I'll talk to this church. Hello, everyone. Yeah, oh, good. I thought Aucklanders were noisy. Especially when the hurricanes are beating them. There I go, gotcha. Hey, I want you to know that uh, I come to church to have fun, so if you've come for any other reason, well, God bless you. <laughs> the reality is, it is a joy to be here tonight, and uh, you know, as, as we just share a few things from the Word of God and tell some of what God's doing in the world, please understand where I come from. I'm not Wellington. I, I come from the fact that I was born because of a miracle. I, I, I'm a miracle baby. My parents had been trying to have a child and they got a handkerchief prayed for. And if you don't understand that in a few minutes, you can encounter God and you can understand. They prayed, this handkerchief was prayed for and next month, voila, I'm on the way. And the, my parents' prayer was, God, would you give us a son? We'll look after him, but he's yours. I was filled with the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, speaking in tongues when I was seven. And I've spoken in tongues every day of my life. I, I can't be here tonight to tell you this amazing story about how I was this some person, but I can he tell you tonight that I have been kept by the power of God. And because the power of God is what keeps us, it's the power of God that sustains us, it's the power of God that changes us, and it's the power of God that uses us. And so tonight we're going to be talking about the power of God and what the power of God has for you. Do you know God has a dream? You see, many times, not, not here, but many times in, in places, people are always saying, God, would you fulfill my dream? I think it's time for Christians to say, God, I want to fulfill your dream. Because God has a dream for this world. His dream for this world is that the glory of the Lord would cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. And so tonight we're going to be talking about how He has a dream. And He invites us to be part of fulfilling that dream. You see, we don't belong to ourselves. You might be here tonight and you haven't yet made the most amazing decision, which is to follow Jesus. It's the best decision any human can make. I made that decision when I was seven years of age and I've never regretted it. And he's taken me into different places, places which I didn't know even existed. We are talking about, he was talking about the, the machine guns around the place. I was in the Mindanao in the south part of Philippines a few years ago and they gave me a bodyguard with a pump action shotgun it was so good because the bodyguard was only that big so I was a bigger target than him so his name was Danny and I said to him Danny what happens if these terrorists across the river it was just on the other side of the river if they come for me what do I do do I just pick you up and you shoot over my shoulder while I run I mean what happens? I've just been in the Ukraine. And uh, it was an amazing experience to be there in the midst of all the trouble and everything else. But you know what? The power of God doesn't know political boundaries. 
The power of God is not contained by men's animosity. The power of God is not contained. And as we share tonight, we want you to understand that no matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what your background has been, the power of God is what is needed. Because it's the power of God that transforms us. I'm an electrician. You say, I was an electrician. Well, I still have a registration number, whatever that use is. And and so I, I learned about electricity when I was, uh, I've always been fascinated with electricity. It's great. I love power. You know, I, I love the fact, you know, you can get a nine volt battery, put it on your tongue and it's got a little tingle. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's nothing. Then you can get two 30 volts. When I was a kid, I've always been fascinated with electricity and there was these plug things on the wall and, and my sisters, they had long hair and they had these clip things that you put in. And my mum, she would say, now Seth, do not put the hairpin in the socket. Now I thought my mum was trying to re- steal pleasure from me. And so one day when mum wasn't there, I got the hairpin and I put it in the socket. I became an instant evangelist. <laughs> Do not put hairpins in the, in the socket. It was, a, it was a very uplifting experience. <laughs> but you see, there are many times we say, oh, be careful of power, be careful of power. And this world is always saying, be careful of power. But God is saying, welcome power. And there is a collision of two mindsets that are always going on between the world saying, be careful of power, dump power down, to be careful of people with power. When God says, I'm raising a people of power. And that's why there's a collision that's going on because God is raising a people of power who are not scared of power, they love it. When I was on the farm, Sticks of jelly, it was so good. In those days, we could go down to the stock and station agency and buy some sticks of jelly night. If you don't know what that is, I feel sorry for you. And so it was there, high explosive, you could go along and you could just use it. I was on the farm, we were breaking in some land and there was this massive big tree. It was like it was up to there and it's like this. And, and I was driving the bulldozer and we could do it the boring way and I went I'm going to blow this thing out of the ground and so I got there and I got two sticks down this side and two sticks down that side and because it was always fun not to use the electric one but to use the fuse you know because matches is like God's gift to little boys and and so I'm there and we put it in and then I got up the tree and put this big rope steel rope down to my bulldozer and then I light the fuse and it's going, and then suddenly, boom! It was so good. Do you know what? Jesus said, I have come to blow the works of the devil out of this place. On the day of Pentecost, they were promised power. That word, you know it, is dynamis, the same word we got dynamite from. So as Christians, if anyone should be looking for dynamite and high explosive, we should. I love it. Both the natural and the spiritual. (laughs) Tonight I'm just going to be talking for a few minutes 
which is just to make you feel comfortable, I just want to tell you, I never preach longer than 2.30 in the morning. Some of you are looking at me like, because I read in the Bible that Paul preached at 3 o'clock in the morning, someone died, and they had to resurrect him, so you can all feel safe. At 2.30, you'll all be safe. I'm just going to preach, and if you want a title, Sir is okay. Um, uh, lift it up is what I'm talking about. God has great plans. Actually, just before we go any further, there's someone here. There's someone here, and, and you've had trouble in the pelvic area of your body. Like there's this pain that comes. There's this pain, and, and you... As we preach, if you're in physical pain right now, just understand that as the word goes forth, you can be healed. You can be healed. That's the promise. That's the promise. We see miracles all the time. And so the important thing is, is as I'm speaking, expect an encounter with God, even sitting in your seats. If you go under the seats, on the, uh, 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 that, that's fine. We, we, that's quite normal too. <laughs> Just expect an encounter with God. I'll just say to someone over here, no matter what has been going on in your life, you need to understand, if you look at God and not your problem, everything's going to change. Because sometimes you've been looking more at your problem than you have been at God, and if you will look to God tonight, everything will change. See, God has great plans for all of us, and that's why he had that promise. The earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. I'm going to read very briefly from Ezekiel 43 tonight. Verses 1 to 5. See, Ezekiel is a book where we read more about the word spirit than any other book in the Bible. It's a, it's a book about the function of the Spirit of God. This is what it says. Uh, Then the man brought me to the gate facing east, and I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like that nice, comfortable voice of a nice preacher. No, no. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters. And the land was radiant with his glory. The vision I saw was like the vision I had seen when he came to destroy the city and like the visions I had seen by the Kiba River, and I fell face down. Understand this, God is always disruptive. He is always disruptive, but He is always good. He's always good because His thoughts are only good to us continually. And the glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing east, and then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hmm. Hey into the inner court and the glory of the Lord filled the temple as humans we are built in the image of God and we often say God Father Son Holy Spirit triune we are triune as well body soul spirit because we're in his image and because we are body, soul, spirit, we, are, in a sense, have three sets of eyes. We, we see everything through three different filters. 
our body sees everything through, am I comfortable? Is this physically nice for me? Our body has this filter that everything in life goes through, including the Holy Spirit and our relationship with the Spirit. There are some people, when we do prayer ministry, which we will be doing soon, they say, oh, no, I can't come up. I'm not in this church because this is a good church. I'm talking about those other countries I go to. They, they, they come, oh, no, because, you know, what will people think? Yeah. Sweetheart, you're not that important enough that we're all sitting there thinking about you. <laughs> it's a matter, but we, you see, the filter is our body. And then we've got the filter of our soul. Does this feel nice? Do I think it's right? We've got this filter, but there's another filter, and that's the spirit. And that is always saying, What's the God factor? What's God doing? Is God alive? Can I be part of what God's doing? There's a reality that God is wanting to see that filter used for everything because the Bible says those that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. There are some of you here tonight and you may not yet be led by the Spirit, but before tonight is over, in the next few minutes, you can become a child of God and you can be born again by the Spirit of God and you can enter into a destiny you couldn't even dream of. You see, the reality is I have this amazing privilege of traveling the world. I just preached in the 31st country. I never expected to leave New Zealand. When I was at school, teachers only ever asked me to speak in public once because I would start, 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 and, 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 and it was, was very, 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 very difficult for me. And of course, you start to read in the whole school. I mean, school kids can be quite interesting. <laughs> and they would just crack up. And so, and then I became a prefect and, and everyone else had to do the public speaking, not me. But one day, in a meeting just like tonight, the power of God touched me and I was on the floor and I cried and I snotted and I, I just wept before God and I was there on the ground. And then suddenly... I stood up and the pastor said, what's just happened to me? And for the first time I was able to go, God's just touched me. And if he can do that for me, he can do that for anyone because he is no respecter of people. And so don't look to your problems tonight. Look to what God can do through his power. In this passage in Ezekiel I've just read, we see many principles of, of Christian living. And the way God acts. Ezekiel was prophesying about the glory and about a temple. And we can be thinking, oh yes, a temple in Jerusalem. And there is a truth in that. But he was actually revealing the secrets of God for you. It's a prophecy, not a history. So time goes on. Ezekiel prophesies. And hundreds of years later, suddenly, a person called Jesus is born the Saviour of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. He grows up. And for 30 years, he was marginalised. He was outcast. See, I'm going to talk about this passage in Ezekiel, but there are some parallels we're going to talk about. Jesus, the early disciples, Paul, and you and me. Because 
our stories are all in this story. There was Jesus. But there came a moment in time when suddenly Jesus comes to some water and gets baptized. And in that moment, it says the heavens open and the Holy Spirit fell and a voice said this. You see, for 30 years, he couldn't go to the synagogue because he was counted as illegitimate. And the law said, he's not allowed in the congregation. For 30 years, and we read it in the Gospels where they said, we know who you are. We know your background. For 30 years, all that. But then suddenly, in a moment of time, a voice from heaven says, this is my son. And I like him. And I'm proud of him. And in that moment, everything changed because in that moment there was an encounter with the Spirit of God whereby everything, and then the next thing we read is he goes into the synagogue, they give him the scroll, he stands up and he reads. Why? Because the Spirit had changed everything. And that's why tonight you can have an encounter with the Holy Spirit that can change everything. And it doesn't matter what you've been called in the past. What matters is when God speaks from heaven and says, this is my child and I love him. This is my child and I'm proud of him. This is my child and I accept him. This is my child and I give him my name. And you can be named by God's name. You could be in trouble here tonight because I'm just getting a little overwhelmed right now with the the goodness of God. And if you're not used to seeing a drunk preacher, who knows what might happen. (laughs) I was just in Ukraine and the power of God came down. These were atheists who had been raised and saying there is no God and suddenly the power of God displays himself and they're having to hold me up. And then they said, Seth, you're incredibly heavy. Listen, I'm only 10 stone. For those of you who don't know what that is, God bless your youth. (laughs) And there was four men trying to hold me up. Why? Because the glory had come down. And four strong men said, we can't hold you up. I'm not that heavy. But the word glory in the Old Testament is the word saying weight. And heaviness, and they were having the power of God demonstrated to them. Right, we got a man saved the other day, other week in our church. He'd, be, he'd come along. He was walking past the church on a Sunday morning, and suddenly the whole side of his body goes on fire. And he goes, "What is going on?" So he comes into the building, and they said, "He said, what is in here?" And they said, "Church, come in, welcome." He goes, "Doesn't feel like church. The whole side's on fire." They didn't tell him he's just walked into hell. Um, they said, come. He comes in, gets gloriously saved, goes home to his, his partner. The next Sunday morning he says, oh, come, let's go for a coffee. Didn't tell her he was taking her to church. He just said, come, have a coffee. He walks, he walks into church. She gets born again. But he, he's just in this new state of like, is this really for real or not? And on the Sunday night revival meeting at home, I was there and I just couldn't, and so he, he jumps up to hold me up. Now he, I didn't know, and he, he told us later, he, he was into martial arts. 
And he starts telling to a friend who he then invited the next Sunday and says, you know what convinced me was I've done martial arts. I know how to throw bodies around, but I couldn't hold them. I said, this has got to be supernatural. He says, and that convinced me more than anything. See, sometimes we don't understand the power of the supernatural to display the goodness of God. So here was Jesus, and he had this encounter, and the Spirit shifted him to a different place. The Apostle Paul was like that as well. He was wise. He was clever. He was everything else. There are some people say, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Go talk to Paul soon. He doesn't think so. The Bible says he was knocked to the ground. They had to lead him around blind for three days. God didn't ask his permission. He just did it. See, God's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your character, and he's interested in your destiny. Because he has greater thoughts for you than we can imagine. Paul has been used by God. But things aren't working out. And then he comes to Corinth. And not many people were getting born again. Not many people were being saved. And he was trying to reason. He was trying to talk. And it says he went next door to the place of worship. And in a furnace of worship, just saying, God, you're so good, you're so good, you're so good. He says later on, I didn't come with wise and persuasive words, but I came with a demonstration of power that you could all see. You see, the Holy Spirit is not learned, he's encountered. You can't go to and learn Holy Spirit. You yield to him and he encounters with you. And out of that encounter comes incredible understanding. So Jesus is training his disciples because he's going to be on earth for a while and he's raising up the church. He knows all about this passage. You see, in this passage, there are three things about the glory. It says, I saw the glory coming. Then it says, the glory entered the, the temple. And then it says, then the Spirit came, and I was taken to a different place, and the glory filled the temple. I, excuse me, but young man, do you write songs? That's like me combing the middle of my hair, you know. Come here, just come here. This is normal church, it's okay. It's going to be hot for a little while, but that's okay, because God's the God of fire. Yeah, whoa.
asleep. <laughs> the Lord is saying, the righteous are as bold as a lion. And there's a boldness that God wants to release in them. Whoa! 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 You're created in the image of God, and out of God's hand came rays of power. You know, the movies didn't invent this stuff, God did it. There's also a very anointed word like splosh. You know, splosh. That's nice. It's okay, I never hit ladies, you say. <laughs> I was just going to say hello to this lady here. <laughs> Ambush. <laughs> you know, if you've never seen the resurrection, soon she'll come up again. <laughs> She's... Yeah, like that. <laughs> you see, why did she fall down? I'll tell you why, because she couldn't stay up. You know, some people make amazing theologies of this. Oh, well, you know, did they fall backwards, sideways, whoever. They yielded to the Spirit. That's the important part. They, if, there's, there's someone here, and, and you've had this incredible tightness in the back of your neck. Who's, who's, who? There's more than one, actually. Just up here. It's, it's like pain. Just come up here, please. Come up here, we'll pray for you. Because you don't have to be in that situation. There's, there's more than one. I was, I was just in Ukraine and, and I prayed for someone last year. And they said, we'd had a problem for years and years and years. And in a moment of time, God just, whoa, set them free. Ah, Jesus. I was in Sri Lanka last year. Oh, and there was a there was a cripple man. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Power of God. Is that sign language? <laughs> God right now. You see, God's not into rations, he's into fullness. And there's something that happens when, wow, oh, can, can you just come put your hand on her stomach? There's like, there's a well to be unlocked in her stomach right now. There's a well, there's a well, there's a well, there's a well to be unlocked right now. There's a well. Ah! Oh, Karabo Shunda, Lalaya for Honda, Masai Labavanda, Lamana, Nanaila Varanda. There it is, there it is, right now. Abba Kafanda, Lalaya, Bofunda, Lalaya. And so, Shasa. Wow. If you can't see what's happening, it's just the love of God's touching her. Wow. Wow. Some people say, why do they shake? Who cares? I was in Sri Lanka. And we were just preaching, and right, there was this man, he was a hunchback, had to have a walking frame. I was just preaching, just what's happening here? 
was started to happen. He goes down on the floor. He was misshapen because of it was a medical misadventure had caused the problem. He goes down and in front of hundreds of people, suddenly his back, spine, shoulders, he was a real hunchback. He just started to straighten just like this. It was just last year. Like that. You see, with God, all things are possible. I was in Sri Lanka, as I said, last July. I was there twice last year. And there was a pastor there who wasn't too sure about some of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, didn't know if laughing really fitted in church, and didn't know about joy, and didn't know about a few things. I, I thought he, there was more things he didn't know than he did know. And <laughs> anyway, I, I didn't know all this. I just walked up to him, and I just laid hands on him in the middle of preaching, just like I do. And he, he, he disappeared underneath the seats for about 45 minutes. He, he had this incredible heart for evangelism. And he'd been seeing few people saved. He now gives me a running tally. Since July last year, because he yielded to the Spirit and allowed the power of God to come into his life, he's now led over 550 Buddhists to the Lord. See, that's the way God ordained the church. And so the glory could be seen, and then the glory could be experienced but there is something else it says that when the spirit took him to a different place then the glory of the Lord filled the temple he couldn't get there by himself he couldn't get there by his understanding he couldn't get there by his intellect it took the spirit of God and yielding to the spirit of God to enable the glory of God what is the glory of God not just some fancy light not just some yeah, the glory of God are miracles the glory of God is salvations the glory of God is people getting born again the glory of God is the goodness and the mercy of God on display these are all just straight out of scriptures where it talks about the glory and so that's what Ezekiel was talking about and for the early church, the disciples were there. They'd walk with Jesus and they saw Jesus doing lots of stuff. They saw the glory of God. They saw God in action. But there came a moment when he said, okay, boys, you've seen enough. And he sent them out on mission. First there was the 12 and then the 70. They went out and they saw healings. They saw deliverances. They saw the power of God in action. And they came back going, woohoo. That's an ancient Aramaic expression of saying, it was rather nice, old chap. And, and so there they were. And, and, they go, and Jesus, he said the line that Suzanne Paul has stole. But wait, there's more. Because he said, there's something else coming. And he started to talk about who was coming. Because he knew what was needed. And then history tells us that one day, which we call the day of Pentecost, there they were gathered and they were praying. And suddenly, how many love suddenlies? I love suddenlies. Especially when you get the Police officers going yeah, 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 behind you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've just been in Germany and I was driving along and, and I had to go to another place in the past that gave me a car. It was a Series 5 BMW. 
And he said, please, I want you to use it. And I knew what he meant. So I'm going from about 400 kilometers away. And when I got back, he said, did you use it? I said, look, I only did 220K in it. And he goes, those things cruise at 250. I said, I know that, but there was too much traffic. I'm driving down the road. And then I heard a siren and I'm doing over 200K. And my Kiwi training is going, what have I done wrong? You know, I'm doing 200K. And then he just goes, past. Well, it was, uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's like, because you see in, in Germany on the Autobahn, it's, there's no speed limit. And, and so I, I got this rental and it was a little Audi. And it just said a sign there, please do not, do not take this car over 210 kilometers an hour. I was like, I can do that. <laughs> you see, humans, we, it was great driving along at 220 kilometers an hour. Yeah, it was so good. And then this Porsche just whistles past me. I was like, oh, stink. <laughs> I needed to be taken to a different place. The power was there. But on comes the day of Pentecost, and suddenly, the place was shaken. Suddenly, the fire falls. Suddenly, I lost my hair. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly everything happened. What happened? Suddenly, the power, the Holy Spirit brought them to a different place, and suddenly, a small, huddled group of people became a mighty multitude of believers that changed the course of history because the Holy Spirit shifted them from there to there. And that's what the Holy Spirit needs for New Zealand. People who will say, Holy Spirit, take me from where I'm at to where you want to place me. Take me from where I'm at to where you want to put me. Take me because I'm not satisfied. I'm not interested in my comfort. I want your glory to fill the place. And then, whoa, the last illustration just for tonight of this prophecy is the Bible says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is a prophecy about you and about me both individually and corporately. My body, this is the body of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But we are the body of Christ. Amen. We are the temple that is designed. But you see, there are many people who are quite happy to see what God is doing. Well, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. But that never changes the world. It's just nice. And then there are some people who like the touch. Oh, the touch. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, that feels so nice. Is McDonald's still open? Yeah. And it's like, you know. But this goes on. I mean, let's face it. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about Auckland. I, I, I'm not an expert here. I'm talking about Lower Hutt. You know, it's like, yeah, just... It's just, it's just, it's, uh, you know, oh, because oh, oh. we go to church, people go to church for many different reasons. Oh, I was a youth pastor for 10 years and, you know, you see the young man, he's got his hands up in church and he's 
worshiping the Lord. Yeah, what he's doing is, can she see me? Can she see me? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then you think that that young lady is just sort of wiping the sweat of holy glory off her nose. She's just saying, here I am, here I am. <laughs> And so, and people go to church for all sorts of reasons. The reality is people go there. I mean, some people go to church for their gym exercises. They really do. I, and not, not, I'm talking lower heart, remember? And they, they, they go there, and, and first of all, there's the neck exercises. You know. Yeah, the neck's getting well looked after. And then they do the side exercises. So, I'm not talking Auckland, I'm talking lower heart, you know? And, and then, then, then they do arm exercises. You know, good stretching exercises. Like as if I'm going to see what they're doing, you know? And, and, and go to church for all sorts of reasons. So they do their gym exercises and that's good. And I mean, at least they're getting fitter and stretching and... And then some people go to church for their breathing exercises. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, a few years ago in our church, I was, I was preaching or rambling, and, uh, and suddenly I just went, and uh, there's a person, I just prayed for them like I did just before, and they're going to do some more. And this lady, she just went to the floor, and I just carried on, and she's lying there, and the next minute, there's this, she starts snoring. <laughs> and people, of course, went to, I said, leave her, leave her, leave her. Because I happened to know there was a miracle taking place right there. She had suffered insomnia for years. She couldn't sleep. And there, in the power and the presence and the glory of God, she got healed from insomnia. But you see, if... If we are only putting the filter through our body or through our soul, we would go, oh, that's so embarrassing. The Bible says they saw and heard miracles. She got set free. She has slept like a baby ever since. Right there. You see, we can't quantify and tell God what to do. We've just got to say, God, what do you want me to do? The biggest secret is learning how to yield to the Spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, suddenly, this group of people are shifted by the power of God and the glory filled the city. It says the noise of Jesus was spread abroad. And now, we're living in the last days. And there's a promise. Do you know this is the last day? Because we haven't got tomorrow yet. This is, this is it. There might be a tomorrow, but we have no guarantee of that. I was a young man of 20 on a farm down in Kawarau. I was I'd been driving a truck all day on the, the stock truck on the farm. And then it was dusk, evening, couldn't see much. And I was walking across one of the paddocks and a horse had just foaled and thought I was interfering. And the next minute, it was a Clydesdale horse. One and a half ton of horse flesh starts, ka-tum, 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 ka-pum. <laughs> and an eight-inch hoof landed in my back. 
broke all my bones. And I'm lying there on the ground, dying. And in that moment, I left this world and went into glory and experienced, I call it the outskirts of heaven. They heard this horse galloping, the other people on the farm, and they came and they did CPR. And people have said to me, did it hurt when they did CPR? When you're not there, it don't hurt. And then God said, you've got to go back. There's work. And I came back. And for three months, I was in bed and crippled and just a wreck. The doctors, years went by, and I, I, was, I was a mess, physically. But one day, in a meeting just like tonight, the power of God touched me just like it touched some people just before. And like there's more people going to be touched in just a few minutes. The doctors offered me an operation and said, yeah, we can do something, we can try something, but there's a 60% chance you will become a paraplegic. I said, I'm going to trust the maker of heaven and earth. And one day, in the middle of worship, the power of God put me to the floor. I didn't worry about the fact that they were walking over top of me. I didn't worry because there was this unseen hand on my chest. I remember going like this. Is that someone's hand? There was nobody's hand, but there was this hand. Whoa. Whoa. And then, whoa. Suddenly my head started to move. It hadn't been able to do that, you see, because I couldn't move my head sideways for, for years. If I wanted to look over there, I had to turn my whole body. I could only lift my arms this high. But one day, the Spirit took me to a different place. The Spirit took me to a different place. For me, it was on the floor. And this hand came. And suddenly, my body started to shake. And people were looking at me. My wife says it was quite spectacular. I was like a fish out of water. And we could say, whoa, whoa, whoa you know, that's undignified. Who cares? I got a miracle. And I got off of the floor and my hands could go up. And I got up off the floor and my neck could shake. And I got up off the floor and I could say, God can do anything. And we've got to understand it takes the spirit to bring us to a different place. And there are some people look and see the God moving, and that, that, that's nice. And they want a little touch. But what happens when we yield and say, Holy Spirit, I don't care. I'm going to lose control, just like on the day of Pentecost, where the, the hallmark of the day of Pentecost is they lost control. They spoke in a language they couldn't understand. And they couldn't even walk straight. Drunkenness is out of control. You've lost control. Do you know drunkenness did not start on the day of Pentecost? Spiritual drunkenness I'm talking about. It's in the Old Testament. We think of Jeremiah and people will say, oh yeah, the weeping prophet. He never called himself a weeping prophet. He said, I have become as a drunken man, as a man overcome by too much wine because of your holy word in me. Have you got that amount of the holy word in you? 
that you are so overwhelmed that you've lost control, but the Spirit will take you to a different place. In a few minutes, we can have that. I've had the privilege of going into Germany now for five years, twice a year. Pastor Tuck rang me some time ago. He knew I was going in and he had had this picture of me like zigzagging. And I just said to him tonight, I've just come back from Germany. It's happening, city, key cities. It's like a zigzag across the nation. It's where the first reformation took place. It's where the course of history was changed. You see, the Antichrist has been trying to do terrible things in that nation, but God has done amazing things through that nation. Do you know, it's the only nation on earth that calls their land the fatherland, the name of God. And God's hand has been on that land for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and it's time again, so I'm there and uh, I, I was there because I was preaching in a revival in, in, in America, and I just called a man out of the crowd and said, Sir, I don't know who you are, but I've got to pray for you. Pray for him, next service, just the same thing, next service, same thing. Turns out to be a German pastor. I, I end up in Germany. And it takes 36 hours of travel, even with good connections, to get there from Wellington. I come in, and uh, it was what I call charismatic nice. It was nice. It wasn't good, it wasn't bad, it was all good. But where was the fire? Because we've been promised the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. And I'm going, God, I didn't come halfway around the world for nice. I can have nice in New Zealand. I didn't get warts on my backside for nice. Where's the fire? And they got into some prayer ministry and then suddenly I heard a little sound, just a little, that's all I heard. I went, I know that sound. And I said, Pastor. And he says, yeah, he gave me the microphone. He says afterwards it was the best thing he ever did. And I said, in a few minutes, something's going to happen. I'm not asking you to run to the front, but just don't run out the door. We'll explain it tomorrow. <laughs> it's a good way of inviting people to come back again. And I went over to a young lady. I'd never met her before. I'm just going to use Jane because I've met her before. Can I just... Uh, and I just... And I'm doing this because I, I sort of know what's going to happen because she's susceptible, you see. And I just went... Well, yeah, like that. There's all these German people. Jawohl, what is this? And they're there. What is happening? I said to them, I know your ancestors were at the day of Pentecost. Because when God started to move, the first thing they said was, what is this? What is this? And, and so then we came along to, and the power of God started to move. Right, right now, some of you, there's, there's like this little bubble on the inside. It's not indigestion. It's God at work. Some of you can be feeling hot thinking, no, no, you're not having menopausal problems. It's like, God's here. The Spirit of God is here. Wow. You see, God broods, and he's brooding in this meeting. Wow, wow, wow. And then I went up to this lady. She was sitting just right about where you are. And, but she was a lot older than you. You're a beautiful young lady. 
This is an old lady. I mean, that's anyone more than three years older than me is ancient. And uh, no, no, come on, laugh at ourselves. I'm an old man. And I just, I said to her, can I pray for you? She said, no English. I said, huh, no German. <laughs> so, so I went, can I pray for you? And she goes, nine. I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> now, I happen to know that no in German is nine. But I'm Kiwi. <laughs> and so nine times, excuse me, nine times, I went, God, would you touch you with your goodness? Whoa! That was one. <laughs> nine times I said, more Lord, whoa! Oh, I didn't know she was going to do this. Whoa. Three, half, more. Sure, fire of God. Four, fire. And then I, someone said to me, oh, fire in German is foyer. Oh, good. Five, foyer. And then someone said, ah, more is mia. Oh, mia. Nine times. That lady, what happened was she was changed from a shy old lady. And now they are taking her across Germany because she is a catalyst for the Holy Ghost. And they'll take her into the meetings and then someone just lays hands on her. It's absolutely hilarious. She wears trousers to church now. She was a really dignified German lady like, praise the Lord. Praise. I'm just letting some of you know what's going to happen to you. And so, Oh, Jesus is fun. And then, but now, she goes there, and she was at, they took her outside a gang headquarters in Germany. They were praying, these intercessors. The power of God touches her. You see people say, oh, we've got to, got to be careful about this stuff. You know, people don't understand. The Bible says they don't understand, so what's the problem? She's there, and the power of God touches her. She's rolling on the pavement outside the gang headquarters because they were praying against the gangs that God would shut them down. The gangs came out, the banditos came out, and they said, what's going on? They said, oh, the power of God's just touched you. We were here praying for you. They said, oh, come inside and tell us all about it. And so they go inside, and the power of God starts exploding inside the gang headquarters, and the whole place has changed. It's just changed. Why? Because of a demonstration of the power of God. And this world deserves a demonstration of the power of God. You see, healing is a demonstration of the power. Joy is a demonstration of the power. Love is a demonstration of the power. And God has many ways of de demonstrating. Are you laughing at me? I laugh at myself sometimes. She's, when people go like that, that, I understand sign language. That means pray for me. <laughs> oh, did I say all that? That's amazing. In just a few moments, we, you're going to have the chance to stand in the presence of the Lord and have a personal encounter with God. Young lady. There's some things coming up in your life which you have prayed and been praying and saying, God, which way, which way, what to do? Come Holy Spirit. Whoa. 
Let tonight be the night when she does not try to live by information, but by revelation. Shift her to that place of revelation tonight. Shift her to that place of revelation. Whoa, kushunda. So the pattern in scripture was always the fact of this. Let the glory fill your life through the Holy Spirit taking you to a different place. You can't get there by yourself. Your intellect won't get you there. But God will get you there through His Spirit and everything will change. Everything does change. How do we allow the Spirit to lift us to a different place? The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength and they mount up with wings as eagles. In other words, you put yourself and present yourself and the Holy Spirit comes and blows. And you start getting lifted. When you get lifted, everything changes. You see things differently. When I was young, that was last millennium. I learned technical drawing, we used to call it, graphic design or something in the modern era. We learned about perspective. And the closer you get to something, the bigger it looks, the closer you get to God. Because there's no room for the other stuff. You see, there are some people... They've got to learn a vital lesson. They starve their faith and feed their doubts. But you and I are called to doubt our doubts and to believe our beliefs. And I choose to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I choose to believe that He is the healer of our body. I choose to believe that He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I choose to believe that He's the King who's coming and He's going to reign on this earth. I choose to believe that He sent the Holy Spirit. I choose to believe that the Holy Spirit wants to lift us to a different place. I choose to believe that He wants to fill us with His Spirit. He wants us to be filled to overflowing so that the world is changed. Whoa! 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 Very quickly, on the 12th of March, 1995, at quarter past eight, one Sunday night, the Holy Spirit lifted our church to a different place. We were a Pentecostal church. I have spoken in tongues. I knew divine healing. You see, I was 17 before I saw a doctor. Divine healing was just normal. At 17, I chopped the end of my thumb off in a wood planing machine. Well, actually, mum had always told me to clean my ears, but it wouldn't work. It doesn't fit, but it does now. It's, it's great. I arrive in the hut hospital, and they said, who's the family doctor? And I go, we don't have one. Well, who's your doctor? Don't have one. Well, have you never been sick? Yeah, of course. Well, what happened? Well, they just prayed for us, and we got healed. You see, that's normal. Oh, I'll say that again. That's normal. And so then they started jabbing me with all sorts of stuff. God bless them. And the process found out that I'm highly allergic to penicillin and basically nearly killed me. 
and I swell up like a balloon and I went red and my skin starts peeling off, 10 layers of skin, I become raw and they're doing, and the doctor's talking to me afterwards and I said, that's why I never saw a doctor. You killed me, the first time I come, you nearly killed me. <laughs> he had no sense of humour. We need to continually allow the spirit to take us to a different place. The modern church has camped around a sermon and a few nice songs. But the children of Israel, they camped around the glory of God. They camped around the manifest presence of the glory on display. And what will happen if we will just be those people who will display the glory of God and allow the Holy Spirit to put us into a different place? We love to define ourselves as Pentecostals. The hallmarks of the Pentecostals were they spoke in tongues. They were filled with the Spirit. They lost human control. But the result on the first day was 3,000 people saved. And the result was a move of God that's changed the course of history. You and I are called to be history changers. New Zealand needs history changers. This is a history changing church. We know that. But there's more. There's more. And what happens if God tonight just takes us to a different place? And God, So could you stand with me right now, please?